What's your advice to somebody who's trying to grind through it? Not a lot of good things are happening for them right now. Patience, that's, uh, as Gary Vee would say. But no, literally, like, just having the patience that, like, to know that this is a long game. It's going to take a while. Like, you have to think in the macro, right? It's, like, think 10 years ahead, like, where are you going to be if you just keep going now every day? I'm actually glad I didn't go viral, viral right away because I wouldn't know what to do with it. It would be too much to handle, I, I, like, at once at that stage of my career. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to my social life. This is the podcast where we teach you how to grow on social media by talking to people who have actually done it. People like Nima Nas, who has over 500,000 followers on TikTok, and I cannot be more excited to have you on the podcast today. Nima, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. My pleasure, man. Where I want to start, before we get into TikTok and everything, I want to talk about comedy with you for a minute because you've been on the comedy grind a lot longer than you've been on the TikTok grind. Like you've been wanting to be a comedian for about seven, eight years now. Is that about accurate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. And I was listening to an interview you did and it was someone who who knew you previously and they were saying like, even from the beginning, you've been saying you're going to be one of the biggest. Like from the get-go when no one knew who you were, you always had this belief that I'm going to be one of the biggest. I'm curious where that belief comes from. Yeah, that's a good question. I uh, I feel like I get a lot of my drive from naturally and just uh, within myself from my parents because they came to Canada as immigrants like many years ago, like 30 years ago at this point. Um, and just like the struggle they had to go through just to make things work in a different country at such a young age, pretty much around the age I am now, um, is insane to me. So just the fact that they provided so much you know, care for me and my brother over the years and um, saw what they had to go through, this, the shit they had to deal with um, and all the tenacity they had throughout the whole thing, um, kind of just it makes me want to work harder because I want to help them out now. And, you know, it's time for me to kind of, you know, let them relax a little bit and do their thing. So a lot of my drive comes from wanting to kind of make my parents proud, but also for myself too, because I feel like there's nothing else I'm really good at in this world than, than making people laugh and at least entertaining at the very least. So that's, that's a lot of where it comes from. And you've known you've had this knack to make people laugh for a long time, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, as a kid, I was always like the clown of my family and uh, within my friends and at school and everything like that, camp, everywhere you go. I would, I would, people always tell me, oh my God, you're so funny. Or they would laugh around me a lot. And, uh, and I realized, oh shit, I'm actually kind of funny. Um, but then like, I never really thought I could make it a career until obviously seven, uh, about seven and a half years ago. So um, yeah, it's just always been naturally a part of who I am. And the moment you realized that you could actually do stand-up was when you went to a stand-up show, right? I think it was like a Humber comedy night or something like that. And you realized like, oh, I'm funnier than these guys. Like, I could do this. I mean, obviously everyone has has their own bias about what, what they think they're capable of. But before I started doing comedy, obviously, like you mentioned, I did go to a comedy show and I found out that it was like a, it was a specific comedy show for Humber students that were in the comedy program. And it was a two-year program. And I was like, what the hell is this? Like, this sounds so cool. And I went home that day and I searched up the the, the courses and the, and the program that they offered. And I was like, wow, this is exactly what I've been looking for my whole life. And I just, I didn't know it until that moment. Um, and I just, it just immediately clicked for me. And I was like, yeah, this is for me for sure. Because I just felt, even though I, that was my first time around like comedy in my life, 
um, it felt the most right. And so how do, how do your parents react? You drop out of school for kinesiology at U of T, you drop out to go do comedy at Humber. Like what's, what's the family's reaction when you tell them that? Um, well, I mean, to, like I said, my parents are immigrants from Iran, so they're used to, you know, fucking having these hard ass engineering jobs or lawyers or doctors. There's no comedy in Iran. You get fucking your head chopped off. Um, so, you know, in Canada, it's a different world, man. A lot of things more are more possible here. So, um, especially because I was born in Canada and I'm not, I'm like pretty Canadianized, I guess. Um, but I'm very in tune with my culture. But at the same time, I feel like me being in tune with my culture also helped me become a comedian because, you know, I have a lot of different outlooks on and perspectives on life. That's not just like from Canada. Like I have a different background too, right? And I speak my language, my, my tongue, my native tongue um, that my parents speak. So, um yeah when i told them that i want to drop out i already like thought about it like deeply and i've never thought this deep about anything in my life before and they saw that and they felt that when i was telling them um obviously they're a little disappointed at first because they're like man i wish you continued doing kinesiology getting a degree whatever just like the typical route everyone always always fucking takes that gets them ultimately to not really anywhere it's just they live a miserable life for the most part doing these basic mundane nine to five office jobs and then they, they just kind of live to die which I was not willing to do. I was, I was very rebellious against academics and, and being under somebody, like working under somebody. So I was like, man, there's got to be something I can just do on my own. And when, when that moment came for comedy, I just didn't turn back. I didn't look back once. I was like, wow, this is exactly what I was looking for. And this is, this, this is something that needs to happen or else I'm fucked, right? Like I'm not doing anything else, anything else in my life. This has to happen. I have to make it work and I have to make it. I have to be, become one of the best comedians in this in this world so um they pretty much realize wow okay well this guy has his mindset we're not gonna fucking there's no way we're gonna change his mind now and so they kind of just had to accept it and um like i said they were a little disappointed disappointed at first because they were like how are you gonna make money how are you gonna do this blah, blah blah but then ultimately uh i'm very lucky to have them as as parents because they're they're way more supportive than typically people from my culture and my background are about their kids and their futures and so I'm very grateful to have them in my life and um, to have their support the way they have been supporting me this whole time. Um, because there's a lot of kids, especially some of my own friends and other people I know that are in this path in this or try to get into this field or whatever. That's not the traditional, you know, science or math route. And their parents just shut that shit down hard and they make it like ultimatums almost. So um, just the fact that they kind of allowed that idea to happen really made it much easier for me to also just go much harder in my craft because I want to show them that this is the this is really who I am and what I'm almost like destined to do um and that's pretty much what made them a believer after a while like now there's some momentum building for you but for a while like without that support from your parents I know your brother's also your manager and it's like that support from your family must have been huge in those early days when you're going to to different you know, comedy studios around the city, you know, you're getting bumped from shows, you're performing, you're performing for a dog, right? Like, <laughs> that was a classic story. I'm glad you saw that. It was so like, so talk to me about that grind. Like what kept you going? Like you knew this was the thing you wanted to do, but for a lot of people, they think they find the thing that they want to do, but they come up to some resistance and it doesn't go 
it's not they don't skyrocket to the top in six months and they're ready to give up but like you grind it i don't want people to understand that like you're having a moment now that's only just the beginning but like there's a lot of stuff that happened before now and i really want people to understand that like this isn't luck like you worked your ass off to get here so talk about the grind you went through just in those early days of comedy man uh, no one believed in me from the beginning really like except for obviously a couple people around me that are my family and like my friends but a lot of people were like, when I told them, I almost felt embarrassed because they're like, they don't, they don't even know that this world exists. I had to make them believe that it exists and that I'm actually good at it. So that took a fucking while for me to kind of make happen. I started out just like trying new shit, man. Like I didn't know what I was doing really. I was just kind of just, go, just trying to go forward somehow. So I started my YouTube channel. As soon as I dropped out, I started posting weekly videos consistently, even though they were dog shit and just garbage videos. But at least I tried, right? And my whole model from the beginning was like, I'm not going to get better unless I just put myself out there, right? More and more. And so that's what really made it simple for me. As much as like the discouragement from others I felt and, you know, just the doubt that I came across whenever I would tell someone I'm doing comedy or I'm a comedian, you know, that really dr drove me even harder because I was like, man, you know what? I'm going to fucking prove you motherfuckers wrong. I'm going to show you what's good. I'm going to, and like, there's that 10% dark energy, right? It's not all of it. It can't be your full, your main driving force, but there has to be that 10% that's like, you know what, I'll fucking show you, right? So, um, and I use that. I use that from within every day, every day. Because especially when I dropped out, my dad was like, if you're going to do this, you better do it 100%. And that's what stuck with me from the very beginning. And no matter what happened along the way, I bombed. I performed in front of a dog. I cried on the way home on a streetcar with seven crackheads yelling in my face you know i i just had to like do what i had to do and go through the go through the punches in order to get to this point now where i'm like it's like night and day right it's like so much more improvement i'm a much better comedian i'm more of a businessman and you know i'm building and expanding i have a team behind me right it's like all this shit wouldn't happen if i didn't just start from with myself first i had to be the one to start right so um without me there's no one else um and that's, the, that's just the mindset I've had from the beginning. Obviously, it's evolved over time. I've gotten better and better, especially with having my brother around as my manager, right? Like, um, once he started to come into the picture too more, um, it just like, our, we just kind of like skyrocketed even more. So, um, yeah, it's just a matter of being consistent over those times. That's all that matters is the consistency more than anything. Absolutely. And a lot of people that's, they don't like to be consistent because they realize they're not good. But I have a quote here of yours that you said, you have to be shit in order to get good. Like a lot of people, when they start their, their tastes of whatever they're creating isn't matched to their ability. Like, I know, I believe you're like, I think I've heard you say you're a fan of, of Russell Peters. So like, like that's like, like you, he makes you laugh. So like when you start, you obviously you want to be as funny as him, but you realize you're not. And when a lot of people have that realization, they give up, but you kept going, you know, that like it's that consistency just compound. Yeah. And also like, it's so, it's so far fetched me comparing myself to Russell Peters from the beginning. It's like, he also had to start somewhere, right? I always keep that in mind. My like Kevin Hart started somewhere and he was not as good as he is now, for sure. No one is, right? And, and even those people at that level fucking do bad and bomb and are irrelevant or, you know, it's like no matter where, what stage you're in your life, people always will doubt you. They'll think you're shit. They don't like you. They'll hate you, right? So that all that stuff kind of like made it easy for me to be like, you know what? Fuck everyone. I'm just going to do my thing and do what I love. That's what matters the most. And then people who really fuck with me will come along for the ride. And if they don't, then that's too bad, man. You, know, you, you do your thing. And also, I also understand 
it's just subjective, man. Like not not everyone's gonna like my sense of humor. Um, same way I don't like a lot of people's sense of humor, right? So um, it's very that made it very easy for me along the way. And when did you you bring your brother on as your manager? Because I heard you say that, like he's almost like the visionary guy, yeah, almost <laughs> above your dynamics. Like when did you bring him on? Well, he well he for the first four years of my career, like he wasn't really a part of it. He was just kind of like there as my brother. And, you know, sometimes you're like come to a show or whatever, but like barely really involved with my brand until it was pretty much. Yeah, it was the end of January of 2019 when I was working a bunch of shitty part time jobs and I was still doing stand up on my own. I was just like pretty much after school, right after the program finished, I was on my own. I was like, I had to just like fend for myself and just figure out my career from there. I didn't really know what I was doing. I thought I had to really like grind it out still, do stand-up open mics here and there all the time. And just like I was just working on my material. I kind of slacked on my content. And I was I was I was losing myself in terms of my mental mental health and my personal health at the same time. And all this shit was happening. And then I was wasting time doing these part-time jobs, living downtown in a place I can't really afford. Um, and so one day he was like, you know what, bro? Like, cause he at the same time this all was happening, he was at a point in his life where shit came crumbling down. And he actually was, he was living on his own with like a significant other. And then when that kind of like died down, he moved back home to our parents' house in the suburbs. And that was the moment he's like, you know what, bro? Like you don't have much money right now. You don't have resources. You need the help. How about you just like quit your jobs, but move back home and we'll work together and I'll help you like kind of like boost a little bit, like get your habits more in order and get your shit together better. And that was definitely the fucking pinnacle of of that whole dynamic like there was the there was that was the turning point pretty much of like if without that like i wouldn't be here pretty much because if i had rebelled against that and i stayed downtown i feel like i would have fucked up my career but 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 having the humility of like accepting that i'm not doing that well after three four years at that point of doing comedy um i just i was like you know what uh clearly i feel like he knows better than I do right now in terms of life experience. And he's six years older. So I trusted him. And I always trusted him. And he also needed my help. So I was like, you know what? I'll come together and compromise. And that was a day pretty much that whole time when we moved back home. That's, that's where I really start to make progress, like for real. And I start to pump more content again. And I was, I was getting a little traction. I was gaining a following, you know? Um, so yeah, that was, that was pretty much the beginning. And you mentioned that he kind of helped you with like putting good habits in place what were some of those habits because i feel like for creative people they often feel like when inspiration strikes i'll do my creating but like we talk about with consistency how important that is in, in order to be consistent you need good habits like what are some of those habits you worked on with your brother that helped you get kind of on track and become more consistent a lot of chaos was happening in my life in terms of my habits and my like i said my my personal and my mental health my physical sorry and my mental health um, where I wasn't really taking care of myself. I wasn't taking care of my body, my mind, none of that. And my whole days were just like chaotic. It was like, there was no plan. There was no right. I didn't write anything down. You know, I didn't have any structure. And like I, my whole life, I've been living a, a life of very low discipline. I was kind of like allowed to just do whatever I wanted to. As a younger sibling, obviously you get more leeway. He was much, much more disciplined and it was a lot more structured growing up for him. Um, but for me, it carried on to my mid twenties where I was like, now I'm kind of lost. Right. Cause I was a baby my whole life. Um, and I don't really blame my parents because they don't, they don't know any better, but that that is the reason why. And like, as a kid, right. You're a sponge, right. You, you, your observational learning through your parents and the, the, your surroundings. 
and I would think that it's okay to just like relax and stay up till fucking five in the morning and no one tells me anything, wake up at 2 p.m. No one says, right? So uh, I didn't really care. I was like, fuck it. I was so rebellious. It was too far, right? So he, my brother was the one who kind of like helped me bring it back down and bring brought me back to earth. And I was like, you know what? If you want to make it in this industry, if you want to make it in this world, you want to be the best, you, like, you, can't, you cannot go on like this anymore, right? So he helped me with, you know, my, my morning routines or night routines, my sleep habits, writing things down, you know, in the mornings, not looking at my phone for the first like hour, at least in the mornings, um, you know, putting time limits on my apps. So I don't fucking, I'm like obsessed and addicted to my phone as well. Right. Like all that, all the, I'm, I'm, dr I'm driven by notifications at this point. Right. Because, you know, like now I'm finally starting to get a little attention. Girls are starting to like, be interested in me and I've never had that attention before from girls or people in general. And like, it's nice. Right. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it feels good. Right. But it comes at a cost, right? It's like when it get because it got too out of hand at some point, I was just like lost, and I was like, man, I I've completely lost the purpose of what I'm doing here. So, um, his job was pretty much the visionary of like realizing, okay, this is what you need to do to in order to get here, and that's where I started, just little by little, every day. Start by making your bed in the morning, right? It's like I wasn't even doing that, and I started to do that, made it a habit. Now I'm at a point where I've I haven't missed a day in like years because because of that moment, right? So. There's some small things like that kind of add up over time. And without my brother being there to kind of guide me, I, I, like I'll be fucked pretty much. And was that around the same time that you moved back? Was that around the time you got on TikTok? Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. Yeah. Like literally that same week I got on TikTok and um, I was doing YouTube still. Like I was doing YouTube, like I mentioned from 2014. I was, I was still pumping shit out, but not very good stuff. And I was kind of like lackadaisical, right? But um but yeah, that, when I moved back home is when I started to post in TikTok content and then Instagram a few weeks after. And then like all of a sudden they start to pick up and like shit start to kind of go off. You know, it was, it was like a trickle effect. And one one page picked up my video, posted it, tagged me, got up like, you know, 100 follower, new followers. Like, whoa, 100 new followers is crazy. At the time, I was only at like 1,200 on Instagram. And then like uh, another video went like 600,000 in a week. And I like, you know, I gained like thousands of followers. I'm like, what the fuck does this say? And I just, so I just, it was a, mo a huge momentum. I was riding this big wave yeah, and it helped me a lot. How did you, so riding that wave, talk to me about that because a lot of people, they have that moment where one of their videos pops off and they get a lot of views, they get an influx of followers, but they're not able to ride that wave. They can't follow up a viral video and kind of capitalize on that new attention. So how did you do that? Well, because of all the shit I put out in those previous years where I would get no views, no likes, no, no engagement, I was used to like, not getting much engagement um but like i kept on going and so I, now, and now so now like when i start to get a little traction i was ready for that when that time came because i already have this whole catalog of videos ready to go right like i've been doing this i'm just kind of like i'm I'm continuing i'm all i'm doing is just continuing doing the same thing and it's like not, nothing changed for me i was like i was just actually more more i was more motivated you know because i was like oh wow people actually like this stuff so now i know what more stuff to kind of like go towards and like, you know, micro content, maybe not as long videos. Right. I was, I was learning as I, as I went, even up until this day. So that's just the, the more, like I said before, the, the main key here is just the consistency. That's what helps you get to that point where if something does go viral, you're like, okay, you know what to do with that. Right. It's like, rather than people who post one video, get 3 million views. And now they're like, what the fuck do I do now? Right. I already had hundreds of videos. So I was like, I know what I'm doing. And that's just, I just kind of kept going. 
even though you had that, you were ready for it. You had been consistent with it. You, you knew it was coming. Once it finally arrived though, was there pressure? Like, you know, you're so used to getting a few hundred views, few thousand views, and now you're getting hundreds of thousands of views. Is there a pressure now when you're posting? Um, a little bit, but like I was more so just excited because I was like, now I actually have a fucking audience that watches my shit. So now I have something more to work towards now. I have, it's another level of, of kind of pressure in a way that's like, I want to, I want to make people proud. I want to make them feel like they're, they're following for a reason. And so it it drove me even more to, to do even uh, more variety and more consistent and more, more quantity. um, Because I just wanted to provide as much like free content and value as possible from the very, from the jump. And that's what my brother told me too. He's like, just, just post everything right now. Just post everything, you know, everything you think is funny. Just keep it going. Don't don't worry about the metrics, none, none of that. And I, I still, you know, have that in mind in place now. So that's what keeps me grounded. And what was that first video that took off for you? It was a, a series of videos that I was doing on TikTok that was like me in my bathroom doing like, this is my voice one day in Toronto. This is my voice three weeks in Toronto. And, and like, this is my one voice one day as a hockey player, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, it's like I'm full on that person, that character um, from those suburbs or those like, you know, areas of, of like uh you know characteristics and yeah i just kind of like not unintentionally those actually created my characters in a way and that people love and that people loved right so um i just kept on going literally like one by one and start to hit all of them start to hit and i was like okay what can i do next that's funny one day as a basic bitch one day as a russian guy run it and all the accents that I, I think i'm very strong at doing that my whole life I've been doing in front of my family, my friends. Now I can put it online and people love it, right? Because I'm like, obviously, there's many other people out there in this world who also love this type of humor. So I kind of just I dove deep and I doubled down on all those. And yeah, that was pretty much the the introduction to Neiman Avs and um, you know the capabilities I had. So yeah. That's good. And now that you say that, that's definitely the first video of yours I can remember seeing. It's oh, really? like your, isn't it that series in the mirror? Like I can remember watching. I don't remember exactly which one was the first one I saw. Um, that's definitely the ones that I that I that's how I found you is through that content. Uh, that's dope, man. Yeah, that's 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 what I'm, that's my point, man. Like I wouldn't even this wouldn't even happen if I didn't start doing this shit seven years ago, right? And not, like who would have thought? Who would have thought, right? Yeah, that's just it. And so how many characters do you have now that you that you post kind of on a regular basis? Um, so I've counted and it's roughly around like 15. And like, how do you like, so with those 15, it's like a diverse group of characters. You yeah. Know what I mean, it's not like they're very different, but I think that probably benefits you because there's something for everybody on your account, right? Yeah. Like I worked in hockey for a few years and like your cartsy is like Cartsy. every like it's just like i i know cartsy in real life you know yeah, what i mean yeah. like i've seen so it's like how do you like with 15 different personalities all very different like how are you able to do that like is it like how are you able to like pick up on those cute those things that make one of your characters like make them feel real uh I, it's based off experience in my own life i grew up around all these different types of characters you see i've worked with them i've went to school with them i've done sports with them right and I've, I am me as a person, I'm very particular in how I see things in the world. Like I, my mind is very observant to the very minor, minor details in people. I'm very just naturally my brain works that way where I see someone for the first time immediately. I can do an impression of them probably if I wanted to, because just by how they look, how they move, their mannerisms, their voice inflections, everything comes down to that, to, to the smallest detail. So, um, yeah, it's very natural to me. It's very authentic. And that's why I like to. That's what I like to put out 
for the world to see is just my authenticity because I feel like not a lot of people do that and they kind of fake it or they, I don't know, exaggerate it. But I, I feel like this, everything I do is strictly just based off experience and that's it, you know? And is the Gary V impersonation, is that the one that's like, has that been your most successful of all the impersonations? Um, I'd say on, on a metric level, yes. Like more, it's probably reached like a lot more people in different parts of the world for sure. Uh, but in terms of like popular characters and pe- like things that define me as a person is more of like the GTA videos I've done or like, you know, videos that I've, you know, like characters that like the Cartsy or, or the Toronto man's or, you know, like Luca Marino, like my Italian character, it's like, or my Persian character, like that's who I am. Right. That's my, I'm literally making fun of all of my family members in one character. Right. So, um, that's truly who I am as a person and I'm an extension of the people I've been around my whole life. So, um, those are more like relate relatable to more people, but yeah, the Gary Vee ones is definitely like one of the more popular ones where just like metric wise, a lot of people, more people have seen it. And um, it's also a, va- a favorite now. And I love doing it too. And I asked about Gary cause I'm curious. I know you've signed with a, you have a voice agent, right? For, for voice acting. And Gary knows who you are. Like I know Gary's mentioned you shared you out in different interviews and things like that. Is there ever a thought process for you to somehow try and find a way to be one of the voices for one of his V friends? Cause like, that's his plan is to build it out as like a character, right? Like, is that a thought you've had of like using your talents to work with Gary on his V friends NFT and his, the whole IP around that? Hmm. I honestly, I have not thought about that at all until you mentioned it. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously I'd be down like that would be, that would be amazing. I would love to do that shit, but I don't know anything about it right now, but um, I have to just do more of my own research, but yeah, that's something I for sure would love to do is like, eventually I'd like to do more voiceover stuff for just other people or different characters, obviously, and TV shows, movies. Um, but I'm sure, I'm sure one day it'll happen. You know, something might, something might happen between me and him. And so like with these characters, how do you come up with like, you said it's inspired by people around you and the people you work with, you grew up with. Like, how do you decide when to incorporate a new character and how to incorporate a new character? I just go with how I feel and what I want to do in that moment or that week or that month. I eventually I get to a point where I'm like, okay, like this is pretty popular. Like this is, this is hitting right now. Let me do a little more of this stuff right now. And then I, I'll, once I get tired of it or I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, it's time to change it up. I'll do a different one. I'll, okay, what, what haven't I done in a while? Let me do that. Bring it back. You know, it's like crowd favorites or even new ones. And then um, along the way, yeah, I'll sprinkle in new characters or impressions or jokes um, just to keep it fresh, you know? So, cause I feel like, you know, at some point each one of those videos or characters or jokes will get old and i understand that so it's just up to me to innovate and just keep it moving right um that's the whole game and especially nowadays with people's attention spans being so low you gotta just keep you gotta the the, the rate at which people have to innovate is has gone up way more way higher um so that's it you know i just gotta keep going a lot of people get discouraged at at this stage of my career where i'm at people get discouraged even before like like even uh less than my level i am now people get discouraged very easily when they get a lot of hate comments or you know um when something's not hitting properly or it's not like as good as before you know what i'm saying and i'm I'm only human too sometimes i look at some of the metrics and ah well like this video isn't hitting as much as it used to so it's like obviously either people are, are are kind of like over it or they're tired of it or you know it needs to expand it needs to get you know go deeper into the character or whatnot and that's it, you know, and then that's, you just have to keep trying. That's all, um, all it is. Like, I, I, I'm at the point where I accept the fact that there are, there are some characters I love doing that people just don't give a fuck about anymore. So, um, yeah, you just got to keep, just keep going. And it's all about perspective, right? Like 
where you are now, like six years ago, you would have killed to be like, just to get like this many hate comments. I mean, there's just many people oh, watching. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's all about the perspective of like where you are versus where, where you started. And with filming the videos with the different characters, like I know when you do comedy, like you kind of have an idea in your head and you just kind of try to figure it out on stage almost like you don't script them as much as some other comedians do. So is that the same thing for your videos? Like you kind of have an idea of what you want to do, but you don't script them out. You just kind of turn the camera on and, and see what happens. Or is there a little bit more scripting when it comes to TikToks? Um, well, for stand-up, I do script my stuff. I I I don't fully write them out word for word, but I have the beats in, in place to be like, all right, I know where to take it on stage while I'm talking. I've t I've also rehearsed it like, just in real time on my on my own or in front of my friends or whoever. Um, and so it's already in my brain. I'm like, okay, I know what to say, how to do it on stage, but I don't fully write it out. Um, but but everyone has their own style and own, own own taste on stage, right? So some people just fully improvise, or they're just like off the top of their heads. Some people have to write it exactly. I'm kind of in the in the middle. That's a sweet spot in the middle. Um, but yeah, for my for my videos, um, I I write down the idea I want to do, and for the most part, I will improvise it. But I'll, I'll also have like certain lines that I will include in the video, or you know, certain type of angle I want to hit, or you know, whatever it is. So. Um, it just depends on the on the on the video type. Some of them are a little harder for me to do in terms of the accent and the impression. So I'll have to like actually script it out like exact. But the ones I'm more comfortable with, I already know where to take in. I just like I just kind of do it as I go. And how many times are you, are you posting once a day, twice a day? Like I know you're big in, in quantity over quality for the most part, right? Like what's your posting schedule like right now? Uh, two a day at least. Yeah, for the past like almost a year now. Yeah. And so are you recording those like just every day you're recording or are you like every, every like Sunday you knock out like 10, 20 videos? Like what's your recording process look like? Yeah, I wish I could do 20 videos in a day <laughs> <laughs> on a Sunday. That'd be nice. No, I, I have actually done that before one time where I filmed 17 different videos one day, but that was a lot. So I can't, that's not for every day, but um, yeah, no, I, I don't film every day. Um, I do generally have a couple of days where I'll just film a bunch in one day and then like have them ready, have them like, ready to post for the next few days and then I'll, I'll film again when it's like time it's running out all right let me do some more uh or uh, obviously the occasional time when i'm feeling like i, I want to film something i'll just film anyway because uh, sometimes like i'm not in the mood to film and so i i just like i'll just not film or i am in really in the mood but i wasn't planning on filming but i'll still film right so it just depends on how i feel uh but I, and generally i do schedule it i do make sure to, to like see what i'm working towards like I said before, right? It was living chaotically before all this shit, right? But now I have a planner and I write shit down in my in my in my book. And I plan out my days and my weeks and my months even ahead. So I know exactly what my deliverables are and what I need to do every week. Awesome. And then is there a detailed schedule for when you're gonna post your content as well? Uh, not really. I just kinda of go off of like based off how my audience is and when they're online or whatever. I just kinda of pick general times. I don't know, like generally the highest peak of my pages is like two PM or 8 9 p.m you know um sometimes in the mornings it just depends on that day but like i just kind of post whenever now and see like what i just just to try new times do you never know who you're gonna reach right at different times um you know different time zones people are in the europe or south america whatever um but yeah i just kind of off the off the top i don't really like schedule the, the posting times yeah and one of the big things with TikTok that everyone always talks about is the hook and how important the hook is. It's like, how do you hook your viewers in the first couple of seconds? Like when you're doing a character, it's not like you're on screen for two seconds. Like watch this if you want to grow on TikTok, something like that. You know what I mean? Like it's a little different for you. So like, how do you approach doing a hook on TikTok? 
Uh, it's mostly just by the the the, the title on the screen. <clears throat> um, I make sure to put the title that's catchy and pops up and pops out for the first five seconds of the video, three to five seconds, and so people can draw their attention to that thing. And then by the time they've read it, like they've already seen my character kind of do the dialogue or whatever. And then I don't know if they choose to stay, they'll stay. If not, then that's fine. But um, yeah, I just kind of like I just post whatever I think is funny, and I just I don't care. Like I don't. I don't worry about it too much. Because I know, like, and I, I, even if people love it, within, like, a couple minutes, they're going to already forget about it. Like, they've already watched 30 other videos, right? Because they're scrolling. Um, so that's that, that kind of made it much easier for me to move on right away from my videos. I, as soon as I post it, I'm on to the next one already. So how then with that in mind, how do you build a brand? If people are, if they forget so quickly, how do you make sure that they do remember you in the end? So... They might forget that video, but they'll never forget how they felt watching your video, right? When they associate my name or me or my face to like how they feel, they'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, he's actually, he's a real guy. He's authentic. He's, he's being himself. He's funny. Um, you know, he's, he's trying. He's being consistent. Like they can see, people can see that shit. They can read through the screen. And I, I know that for myself and for other people as well. Like I, I see something like, ah, this person's not really comfortable on camera or like they're, they're, they're trying too hard or they're faking it or whatever it is. But then there are other people who are just being strictly themselves. And I'm like, okay, I might not even like it, but I know that they're being themselves and a lot of people do like it. And that's what really matters. That's what, that's what people will remember you for. Um, how, 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 not, not what you said, or, but they'll remember you for how you made them feel. Um, and that's just in general. That's with anything in life, right? It's like you'll meet strangers every day, right? Or you meet someone for, through a friend at an event or conference, and you might not remember what their name was or what they said to you exactly, but they would be like, Oh, you know what? That person was really nice or that person made me laugh or, you know, so same, 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 uh, same idea. And then like we talked about earlier with the consistency, it's like how you make them feel over and over again. And that's ultimately when they'll really start to like become a fan, not just a follower is when you make them feel that certain way over and over again. Yeah, exactly. It's like repetitively like doing the same thing in terms of like the same, uh, format, not the same material, but it's like the, the, you're hammering all these videos every day, every day, and they're always pop, you're always popping up in their feeds and everywhere. People are sharing their videos. They're getting sent to those person. It's like they're seeing your face everywhere and all the time and every day. And it's like at some point they're like, all right, well, fuck. Like even sometimes people might not follow right away or you know laugh right away, but then the more they see your face, the more they see that you're trying and you're doing different things. And oh, this one is actually pretty funny. Then they'll be all right. You know what? This this guy actually takes it seriously. Let me give it a chance. And that's when they become real fans. Yeah, I think that's part of like when you said they might not follow you right away. That's one of the beauties of TikTok. I've noticed is like, and if I used to watch like a video, even going far back as Vine or on YouTube, like I might find a video I really like and I'll watch it, but then I'll forget who it was by and I can't find that person again. But like TikTok, if I watch the full video and I like and I engage with it, they'll start showing me that person's content again. So for you as a creator, is there like less pressure with trying to get someone to follow you off of one video? Because you know that if they like the content, they'll keep seeing it, whether they follow you or not. Yeah, I, I don't even worry about that stuff. I just kind of put my, sh like I said, I just put my shit out and I move on. Like if they follow me, that's great. If not, then it's also great. It's like whatever. Like eventually, if they if they really want to follow me, they will follow me. And if they don't, then it is what it is. I can't control everything, right? This is something that's out of my control. What I can control is the quantity, once again, right? So just keep putting yourself out there and making sure that people can see you like the most, as much as possible. And that's all you can really control. And so with that in mind, then do you ever spend time looking at your analytics? Or is that also one of those things you just 
don't even look at. Yeah, like I, I, I do it more so to monitor like how I'm doing and you know what the general vibe is and general feeling of every every video is, and then I kind of just like take it in in my mind and I just keep moving and I uh, just keep trying different things and new videos and other videos, and that's it. So um, I don't, yeah, like sometimes I'll look at a video and it bombs, and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, that sucks. <laughs> But then I just like after a few minutes, I'm like already over. It. I'm like, all right, fuck it. What's the next video? And then I just, it's like, if it's a tough pill to swallow, even to this day for me, like after all this shit I've been through. But um, it is what it is. Like once again, once I realize I can't do anything about it, I have to just keep going. And then like, do you think that because you do, because it's not like a typical series where it's like part one, part two, part three, but because the characters re- are reoccurring, do you think that helps people become more comfortable with you? Because they really know what to expect. Because it's very similar type content every time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's why I like to um, create outfits for every character. The the same outfit every time. Because now, like, every time they see a video of, like, one of my characters and I'm wearing that certain outfit that they've seen before, they're like, oh, okay, it's this video. Or, oh, okay, I know this. T- I know what, where this is going. I know th- what type of video this is going to be. I-, I like this. And then, like, it's more comfortable, right? People love knowing. People love being. People don't like uncertainty, right? They like being certain. They like to know what's happening. Just a, it's a general like psychology thing for humans in general. I feel like people just want to know what's happening, and that makes them more safe and more comfortable, and then more able to enjoy the content and, and laugh and whatever. Right. So, um, yeah, that's why I try. I try to like make you know guided in that way. And do you remember the first time you got recognized in public? Yes. Yeah. Somewhat vaguely. Uh, there's a couple different times I think that I that that that, that spark in my mind right now, but it was one time was in a mall. I was just walking, and then this like group of kids, like it was like I don't know, probably like, teenagers at the time. Like one of the, one of them recognized me, like oh yo, yo you're that guy from TikTok, yo what's yo what's up man, like whatever. And like they, they didn't even take a picture or nothing. It was just like yo I know you from TikTok, and they didn't even know my name, right? But they recognized my face. Which was pretty cool at that time. I was like, "Yo, that's sick!" Someone recognized my face. Um, another time, I was in a different like city. I was because I'm from Toronto. I was in Vancouver, and I was I was just playing basketball in a recreational gym. Um, and this 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 kid who was on the other team, he's like, "Yo, I've seen you on like Six Buzz, and Six Buzz was one of the first times I got reposted one of my original videos." And so he didn't even follow me; he just saw me from like another page. Uh, but that was still cool. I was like, wow, I'm reaching different like uh, cities and across the country. So dope. Um, and now it was interesting to see like the progress of like how people recognize me from the beginning till now. Um, cause at the beginning and people just say, yo, you're that guy. I've seen you somewhere. Like wherever I see you or like, you know, they don't really know. Uh, and then it got to like, oh, you're that guy from TikTok. You're the guy from TikTok. And then it goes to, yo, 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 Nima Naz or Nimans or they always fuck up my name, but cause no one knows how to pronounce my name apparently but um <laughs> and then eventually gets to the point where they start taking snaps snapchats and then like now i'm at a point where people take legit pictures and like it's a photo shoot right so it's pretty cool to see the progression of like how it's gone um and i'm very humble i'm very very grateful for that for just like the fact that people want to take pictures of me that's like super cool so do you get recognized off now especially in toronto with like because you have those toronto characters so obviously it'll get sent around in the toronto a lot like six buzzes reposting you it's like do you get recognized pretty often now at home um yeah yeah like definitely in toronto a lot um everywhere i go pretty much there's at least a few people who come up to me yell at me on the across the street in their cars like people take pictures photos videos like everything um 
yeah it's, re it's really nice it's uh very interesting honestly uh, it's a very unique thing that not a lot of people will go through so with that in mind and now when it comes to like doing stand-up is there can we talk about pressure with when you blew up on on tiktok for the first time but is there a different pressure now when you're doing stand-up because people know you and so is it like is it weird now where like you could just got to be the comedian that come in that no one knew but you're going to make them laugh but now it's like you've made them laugh before and so they're expecting a lot so is there like more pressure now when you go to do a stand-up show because people know who you are uh yes and no um no because they already they, they're coming to support me because they just like me right because they just like the brand they like what i'm doing because i've made them laugh before they just want to support like a local talent or whatever um and it's nice in that way i know like when i go on stage I, like either way i'll make people laugh even if i'm shit or whatever but i know i'm not bad but also there is a little bit of pressure of like there's some people who don't even know i do stand-up or they don't, they've never been to a comedy show. They don't know what stand-up is. They don't know how it works, right? So I have to be the one to be like extra professional and show that to those people the first time they see me on stage, which I try to do. I, I try, I work very hard to like make sure um, people know like this is my main thing. Like, cause stand-up is one of my, is my favorite thing. Like nothing beats doing stand-up for me. Um, and I want people to know like I'm a stand-up comedian first before the content. Like I, even though I started at the same time back in the day, I, I generally did a lot more stand-up than I did content early on. So um, there is a little bit of pressure of like, oh, I wonder how they're going to feel after the show, after I've done this set. Like, um, and but, but, but after the past few months of doing my own shows and I've been headlining and like, it's been, it's gone really well. People really enjoy their time. And even afterwards, when they come up to me and like, we talk a little bit, people take pictures. Uh, one of the main things I hear now, which is really nice, is um, they didn't expect, like they didn't expect, they didn't know what to expect from me, but I blew their ex expectations like beyond what they thought it was going to be. And that's what really is very reassuring to me. Not that I needed it, but I just like, it's nice to hear from, from people who already know me that they didn't think I was going to be as good or that much better on stage than I am on camera. So, um, yeah, it's really, really good to, to know and to, to hear. Yeah, that's awesome. And you're right though, like as you're talking everything, like it is a different thing when someone like, starts making content and that's funny and then they think they can do stand-up versus someone that starts with stand-up and does comedy to promote it's like two very different things so i understand why you want that distinction to be clear well, and also a lot of people th think i'm just a content creator like i'm just some guy in my basement doing funny videos i'm like this is a whole that you have it completely wrong like i've been grinding from the beginning trying to make this a whole career like a, i'm trying to be one of the greatest comedians in this world like, I'm not just like, a, I'm not doing it as a hobby. This is, I take this very seriously. I, I do it professionally. Like, I, I treat it as a business. Um, and I also am a stand-up comedian. Like, I'm not, I'm not just some guy, like, doing, like, random impressions on camera. Like, I am from that, like, you know, just from, if you zoom out and you look at it from, like, the top level. But there's way more to it. There's a, it's, like, it's way deeper than that. Um, and I want people, the more and more people to, to know that and, and, and understand that going forward with the, with the more stand-up I'm doing and I'm, posting more stand-up clips and uh, so people know like, oh shit, this guy's a real deal. That's awesome. I was going to ask like, how do you make sure people know that? Is it just pretty much through just sharing it more, like more volume? That's it. That's all it is. It's just like posting more content. Like at the end of the day, it's just more content, but like in different ways, right? It's like before I wasn't doing as much. Well, especially because of the pandemic, I didn't do any stand-up. Like it's really shitty. I was at a point where I was on, I was doing a like mini tour in the States before the pandemic hit with, uh, I was opening for another comedian um and then the pandemic hit and i couldn't do stand-up for like three years or two years um but now i'm just like 
pretty much back to normal now, so I can start hammering out all the stand-up shows. And I've been doing way more stand-up now, which is nice, and I'm getting back on my feet and I'm expanding my material. And I'm I'm actually working on my fall tour um, in these next few months. Uh, so I'm doing like weekly shows all over, and um, it's nice to get that practice and and film those videos and like take some clips from the shows that are like crowd work clips and post them on my social so people see oh like this is what he does like he seems very comfortable on stage or like oh because like even even but even after posting all these stand-up clips there's still people who are like oh wow good for you man for getting into stand-up i'm like bro <laughs> i've been doing this for seven and a half years <laughs> but i don't know you can't expect everyone to know that right so you just have to keep going and that's it like even if people think i'm new then so be it like no one that's new is this fucking good <laughs> so I'll, I'll take it i'll take it as a compliment 100%. And when you say you're posting like cloud or crowd working clips, because like I was always curious with when it comes to doing comedy, like, but especially leading into a tour, you don't want to share your material on, on TikTok. So everyone's going to have seen it already. It's like, what's that balance then of sharing like your best moments from, from your shows, but not wanting to give away too much that people still want to come and see your material. Yeah. You got to hit them with, with previews, right? It's like, you don't want to give away your whole bits, especially the polished bits that you've been working on for years. There's certain bits I'm, I'm doing for this tour that I've been doing for five years. Uh, finally it's like the best it could be um and that's that's what it takes though for like comedians like a lot of people don't know it's it takes years to, to gather up like a proper 45 to an hour set of proper material that's like laughs the whole way through so um with the clips that i post online uh obviously it's a full pot to to post clips clips that you're going to be doing bits that you're going to be doing in the tour so i post any crowd work i have that's like improv in the moment like riffing with the audience or something that comes to mind, like uh, just out of nowhere on stage and I'll just say, it and it's funny and people laugh just like things like that. I'll post like just to get people to be like, Oh, okay. Wow. He's actually pretty funny on stage or, Oh, I'm intrigued. Like, I wonder what else he has. Right. And that way people are more inclined to come to the shows and in person watch me live. And then, yeah, that's, that's all it is. It's just like over time, just keep feeding people the, that, that content that like, Oh, he's on stage now. He's doing live performance, live performance. They, we want people to see that more and more. I want people to associate me with live performance. Um, so by the time the tour comes and I announce it, they're like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen like 20 different clips of him doing funny bits on stage. Uh, let's go to his, his tour now. Let's go to the show and buy tickets, right? So, And what's the process like of setting up a tour? Like, how does that, what does that look like? Uh, very uh, jam-packed, man. It's very busy. Uh, luckily, I don't have to deal with it. My brother's the one handling all of it right now um it's kudos to him man shout out to him for for taking care of it um i have a team behind me like a couple of guys but like they, they have different roles so my brothers so for for now before we get to kevin hart's level <laughs> we have to like, work with on this shit on our own for now um but yeah he's been he's been like planning the whole tour like the dates the venues the podcast whatever we're doing to leading up or you know where we're staying and uh flights everything like that so um and it's been a hassle, honestly, some places trying to like get booked for venues because like you never like people I didn't we didn't know like people book venues like year in advance sometimes. Like it's like some venues don't want to hit, like they're already full. There's six holds on that night or this show or this venue, and they're like, Holy shit, like who's performing at all these places this far in advance? So it's just a it's just a new new thing that we're learning as we go. It's our first time ever putting on a tour, right? So but it's pretty much almost set. There's uh, about 16 different cities that we're doing across three weeks. And uh, we're doing, I'm filming like the, the last show is going to be in Toronto, um, which I'll be filming as a special. And I'm going to post it on YouTube for everyone to watch after. Um, and then I'll start my new material after that. 
That's awesome, man. I'm so excited for that. Like when, when do you think you're going to be announcing it? Um, I think right at the beginning of June. So in a month from now. Cool. So hopefully like by, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be like a week or so, hopefully week or two week, maybe like this will come out end of May. So hopefully by the time people are hearing this, I'm like, it'll be That's right good. in yeah. time for, for the announcement, Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. yeah. which is awesome. But like, yeah. I'm curious, like what your advice would be to somebody who's listening to this right now that's not getting a ton of views. Like as somebody who's who's been there in that position where they weren't getting a ton of views and they kept grinding through it to where you're right now, you're getting tons of views, you're working on a tour, like a lot of good things are happening for you. Like what's your advice to somebody who's who's trying to grind through it and not a lot of good things are happening for them right now? Um, fucking patience, that's, <laughs> as Gary would say. Um, but no, literally, like, just having the patience that like to know that this is a long game and like just it's going to take a while. Like you have to think in the macro, right? It's like think 10 years ahead, like where are you going to be if you just keep going now every day, like do a lot every day and wait for that, you know, just go for the long term. Um, because no one's going to make anything happen short term in this industry, right? If you do, then you're going to sh- quickly fall off. Um, what I, I'm actually glad I didn't go viral, viral right away because I wouldn't know what to do with it. It would be too much to handle like at once at that stage of my career. Um, so I actually prefer to do shit and just be bad for years before you get good because then you build that thick skin, you build that like strong backbone when it does happen, when you do go viral or when you do get more popular, right? Um, and it's, it's a lot of good examples, like even um, like Russell Peters, he went first viral in 2005 on YouTube. Um, but he was, he was doing standup for like 20 years at the, at that point, I think, or 15 years, something like that. Same with Kevin Hart after 20 years, he became famous. Right. So it's like, you just never know when it's going to happen. Um, but the point is the whole thing is fucked. If you're not doing it out of pure love of the, the craft. Right. So if you're not loving what you're doing, then there's no point. It's like, you're all doing, doing it for the wrong reasons. And that's, what's going to make you fail ultimately. So um, as long as you're doing what you love and you're happy doing it, like just take your time and it's like, just try every day. That's all it is. Just be consistent. That's the number one lesson I've learned in this whole thing is just be consistent. That's all it is. And some days if you're not feeling it, then like, just, you don't have to force yourself, but get back into it. Right. The day after a few days after just keep going. Don't ever stop. Don't give up. Don't take huge breaks. Like that. Like you can't, you have to sacrifice a lot of shit in order to make it happen. If you woke up tomorrow with like zeros across the board, like you just start over from scratch, where, how do you build it back up again? I just, I start from ground zero, man. I start, start posting this shit. I, I, I know works or that I love doing and that makes me laugh and just keep going. Like it is what, what am I going to do? Fucking, I can't cry about it. I will, I probably will, but I'll still post it, right? You know, <laughs> might be shitty for a bit, but I understand that I've also been through that before. So if I can get through that the first time, it's going to be much easier for me the second time. Because now I have way more knowledge. I have way more resources. I have better people around me. I have you know, it's like endless things, right? So, um, and I also know things can become obsolete. The apps can become obsolete. It's just like Vine. And you, all of a sudden you're done. You're gone. You're nobody. So that's like, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. I'm okay with that. Because I'm like, you know what? Eventually people will find me again. Just from all the value I've, I've provided over the years and all the practice I've put in, all the fucking shit I've gone through just to get to this point, eventually I'll be rewarded for my, my efforts. I, I don't know where or how, but 
somehow it'll happen. And for you to like, I have another quote of yours here that you said, like, there's no end game. It's, it's a forever process. And so like knowing that that probably allows you to move differently than someone who's trying to be big by the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's because, because you never know, right? Like I said, it could take 20 years or it could take 10 years, five years. Um, but everyone's on their different path. Uh, I don't know when my path is or how long it'll take, but to get to that point where I'm comfortably touring and, you know, just like I don't have to worry about any financial issues or this and that. Um, you know, I, I just I just strictly out of the love of the game and what I what I'm doing every day, I don't even care if I'm broke for however much longer. It's like I've already been broke my whole life. But now I'm at least doing what I love and it makes me happy. So what's the difference? Like who cares, right? It's like I don't I've never had a reference above this before. So if even if it takes me another ten years or twenty years, it's like this is I'm still having fun. Like this is way better than anything else in this world that I could be doing. So and like also even if you do start making some money and you have to take a step back to to grow even further, like you've done that in the past. And so like now this is like like you're okay to take those risks because a lot of people they get comfortable and they don't want to take risks anymore because they know what life's like on their side. But you're able to take those risks now. You know, even at the beginning, I think it's actually easier to take more risks the at the very beginning. The more you the more you're in this flow and the more you grow, it's harder to take those risks. Because more people are involved, more money's involved, you know, it's it's tougher. You have to make more smarter decisions. You have to get more efficient with your with your time and your 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 days and everything, right? So um I I'd say taking risks is the most important thing at the very beginning. Just try as many things as you can that you think is worth it or that you like or that's good for your brand or whatever you're doing. So um because eventually it gets to the point where now I'm like I'm so busy now where it's harder for me to take like risks that are like that, that does, that doesn't have to do directly with my comedy. Right. It's like, I don't know, maybe musical comedy could have, could have been a huge thing or, cause I, I love music too. I love dancing. I love singing. I do eventually want to incorporate like musical comedy and, you know, drumming. Uh, I'm a drummer too, like to my acts and like my content. Right. So, but I'm at a point where it's like, I have to double down on the things that are working now. And then eventually when it's like, you get to that point where you're like that guy, then you can start introducing more shit right on the side. And then that's how you expand. As you continue to have more and more success, how do you balance enjoying your success and kind of celebrating that success, but also not settling at the same time? So I actually, I actually look at what, um, uh, it's an example about Drake where obviously he's like the most famous, probably one of the most successful artists in this world at this point, at least for the longest period of time. No one's been as successful as him. For such a long period of time in this world if he were to stop at, in 2016 when he dropped his views album or whatever the album was that was big like like he could have stopped he could have stopped if he wanted to right because he was still the top he's still he's still the best but even him he's like nah you know what like why would i stop when i can still make this other album which he did and then another album after that that also was huge so it's like where does it end right it's like you can't like just because you hit a milestone doesn't mean that like you made it. That's it, right? It's like, what, you're gonna stop? Like, if I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell out a, like, a stadium in Toronto. Like, I, my career's over. Like, no, like I want to sell out more stadiums, more longer periods of time in this country, in this state, in this continent. Uh, you want, you want to keep expanding, right? It's like that's the whole point. Um, there's no, one, there's no one pinpoint for me that means I'm gonna stop. Like, like I said, it's a forever process, right? Forever journey. The as long as you love it, then just keep going. Like, but it's when you start to like not be in love with it, that's when I guess you should stop. But 
don't know. Everyone's different. How often do you look back on the whole journey? You know, back to that guy that was going all over Toronto, getting bumped from shows, just trying to get on stage, performing for a dog, dropped out of school to where you are now. We're 500,000 followers on TikTok. You're lining up a tour. Things are going well for you. Like, how often do you look back on the journey? Many times, man. Every, I pretty much, uh, almost every day, because I always remember where I came from and how I started, when, especially when things go wrong now. I have to always look back into where I started and be like, well, look at where I am compared to where I was. This is way better. So just don't worry about it and just stay focused and keep moving. Um, so it's a nice reminder when I, when I need it, you know, um, because no one else knows that experience but me. So as long as I keep remembering what I had to do just to get to this point, I'll be fine. For my last question. I like to flip the script a little bit. So instead of me asking the question, it's you asking the question, but it's not to me. Pretend, pretend you have a crystal ball. You can ask this crystal ball any question. You'll get the 100% honest answer. What is one question you want to know the answer to? It's a good question. Fuck. Putting me on the spot, eh? <laughs> I, leave the hard, I leave the hardest one for the last. <laughs> There's so many questions I have. <laughs> um, I'd probably ask... How many stadiums am I going to be selling out? How many stadiums will I be selling out in my career? Because yeah, I know it's going to happen. It has to happen. Otherwise, this whole thing's a scam. This whole career is a scam. I fucked up. <laughs> no, man. I know. It's, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. A matter of time. That's all it is. It starts, with, it starts with a fucking dog and then a small room and then a dungeon and a basement and then a regular floor and then an actual stage and then a room and then a club and then a theater and then arena and then you know it has to keep progressing like this you have to keep trying and putting yourself out there that's all it is man just keep trying just keep trying stay consistent that's it man so it's so i feel like a broken record and it's repetitive but it's it's the truth man i appreciate you i'm excited i'm excited to to look back on this interview when you're when you're selling out stadiums Fuck and i'm yeah. be like hey look at look at this interview here you know especially that clip right there where you're just talking about from yeah from from like to the dog to the stadium like that <laughs> clip when you're when you slow the stadium man i'm going to be dropping that 100 yes, but sure. um, will do man but <laughs> i i uh, i want to thank you so much for taking time to come on the podcast love to give you the floor where can the people find you i know we've talked about it throughout but like plug anything and everything you got right now yeah well uh first of all i appreciate you having me on um i always love having chats about all this shit um yeah i i'm all over social media uh if people don't know nima naz nima N-E-E-M-A-N-A-Z on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, I have a weekly YouTube show I, I, I do. Um, it's called A Stupid News Network. It's pretty much a fake news show compiled of all my characters into one episode every week um, doing different segments. It's really, really fun, high, high quality production. Um, and it's a hybrid between like a late show, a late night show and a, and a news show. So it's really, really, really fun. Um, so that's on my YouTube channel. And then, uh, yeah, I'm working on my fall tour, my first ever stand-up tour. Um, that's going to be 16 to 70 cities across the country in Canada. Uh, we'll be releasing those dates beginning of June, I believe. So just stay tuned to all my socials. And, um, and that's it. Daily content as per usual, man. I don't fuck around. At least twice a day.
Awesome, man. We'll make sure everything's linked in the show notes down below so people can find it. And I want to thank you once again for taking time to come on the podcast. And I want to thank everybody for listening. Whether you've listened the entire way through or you only listen to bits and pieces, I really appreciate it for taking time to check this out. Do me a big favor, go and follow Nima. Like I said, I'll make sure everything's linked in the show notes down below so you can find it. If you'd like to follow me, you can find me everywhere on social media at the Jacob Kelly. Feel free to come and say hello. My DMs are always open. As always, today's podcast is powered by Surf. Thank you once again for listening. We'll talk soon. 